It says, all the believers devoted themselves in the apostles' teaching. Thank you very much. In the apostles' teaching, in the fellowship, unto fellowship, unto sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, unto prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all believers met together in one place and uh, had my notes are funny. They met together in one place and had everything in common. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for your word today, Lord. I thank you that you sent your word to heal us. You sent your word, oh God, and you said it shall not return to you void, but it would accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. And today we ask in the name of Jesus that this will not be empty words, oh God, but you will anoint the words that come out of your message, oh God. And I pray in the name of Jesus as it was in the beginning when you said, let there be, oh God, and miraculous things happen. I pray today that it will be a let it be moment in each one of our lives, oh God, for the things that we're believing for this year. We just ask that the word will be let it be, let it be, O oh God, according to your word in my life. Let it be in my life according to your promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week, I'm trying to move closer here. I think the light's better over here. That's why. Um, um, last week we talked about um, leaving the past behind. And, you know, sometimes leaving the past behind is easier said than done. How many know that that's true? Sometimes, like, yeah, some people are a lot easier, especially if the past was um, something traumatic or life-altering. There are things that happen in our past that you can't just rub it off and say, hey, I'm forgetting that. I've had even people sometimes hold on so much as well, I will forgive you, but I will never forget. Well, you've probably said that before. You know, but, but, but God himself, who is the all-knowing, the omniscient one, he says to us as it relates to our sins, he says that when he forgives us, he says he takes our sin, yours and my sin, and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. I mean, if there's someone that cannot forget, even if he tried, is God. But he's choosing to forget, forgive, and forget. And I think he's giving us an example is that there are some things that in our lives that are hard to forget, but we have to choose to throw it into our sea of forgetfulness. And I know some people um, uh, have a hard time releasing the past. Some people are a lot easier. They move on. When I got married to my wife, I discovered a few things about her and about myself. I live in the past. She does not. First got married, had a nice wedding. It was the second wedding in this building. Oh, cool. A month later, we're getting our tape. Yeah, no, yeah, some of you got it. It wasn't a CD, it was a tape, VHS. <laughs> and I'm ready now, we're going to sit down, and I'm going to rewatch our wedding. And she had no interest at all. I'm thinking, are you kidding? That was our wedding. And then I told her that the guy that was taking the video actually messed up with a couple of things. or just thinking it's really cool with the camera. And that even got her not even wanting to watch it. I'm thinking, this is going to be a nice date night. Get some soda and uh, Doritos and watch our wedding here. Man, it was great. And she's like, uh, not interested. She moved on. It's like, that was then. This is now, you know, kind of thing. And I, I'm like... 
not even the past. I'm a kid of the 80s. We, the other day we watched like The Preacher's Wife. We're showing the kids back in the day when they actually knew how to sing. And then when Whitney Houston opens our voice, it's like, I can feel the moment. I can feel the 90s. How many know what I'm talking about? She's like, what's the new song today? And I think so. For, for some people like me, where the, 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 the past confronts you over and over again, but the truth is this. We cannot advance. We cannot move to where God is taking us if we're still hang, holding on to the past. I mean, we appreciate the things for what they are and learning lessons that we don't want to learn again. Uh, you know, if you went through that mountain before, you don't have to go through, you know, bad situation, we can learn from it. But I want to tell you that God is calling us to advance. He's calling us to move forward. He's calling us to our destiny. There's a place that he's taking you and I. It says this in Jeremiah, that even before you are conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you. And I had a plan for your life. And in 2019, I want to declare, it's a year to advance. Can I get an amen? It's a year to advance. Advancing on that dream that you've been keeping hiding. Maybe you, it's been laying dormant. Maybe that book that needs to be written yet. I'm saying this year, 2019 is the year to advance. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? That business idea that you mapped up and you think, man, it's not going to work for me this time. Maybe God called to you. 2019 is a year. Yes. You're getting quicker now. I noticed. It was three seconds before, now it's two, maybe. <laughs> the debt that's been mounting up for a long time and you want to be free. I'm saying 2019 is a year to... Wow. Give yourself a hand. You did a lot better this time. You got it. God is wanting us to advance to those things. And, and here's the reality that I want to tell you. I'm not going to be just a sweet preacher that tells you all the nice things. There are two things that when you choose, when you determine on purpose in your heart to advance, you're going to have harvest, you're going to have hostility. It's not all harvest, and it's not all hostility. And we've got to be prepared for both. Jesus said this, In this world, you shall have trouble. Did you hear what I just said? In this world, you shall have trouble. But take courage. Take heart, because I have overcome the world. Another prophetic message in Joel chapter 2 says that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. God promises that in the last days, he will pour out his spirit. It says that the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. You see how those things happen together? Because where, it says where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So in the middle of harvest, there's also hostility. Jesus came to bring us redemption. He came to save us from our sins. He came to reconcile us to God. But before he could do that, he faced some hostility. I read from Acts chapter 2 because Acts is the book of advancing in the New Testament. It's a book of moving forward. It's a book of transition into a life that they understood. Um, uh, here are the disciples of Jesus. 
They had been listening to the Bible uh, prophets from the Old Testament about the coming Messiah and all this. And, and, and then there's been an anticipation. And there are some that are still waiting for the Messiah to come. Although he did come 2,000 years ago. And these disciples have spent three years with Jesus. Three years being right front center of all the action. I mean, that would, how many would admit that that would be an awesome experience? And nothing could be better than to walk with Jesus, to hang out at the same place, watching the college football games together. <laughs> Can you imagine that scenario? He knows the score before it's over. <laughs> and then Jesus tells them, I'm going to leave you guys. And you're going to be better off that I left. I don't believe you, Jesus. I did, but now I don't. Oh, you know you'd be thinking that. But God says that I, I, I want you to move forward. I want you to advance. Because greater works shall you do than I even did. So wait, 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 wait a minute. See, Jesus in his ministry impacted a very small geographical area. I think people, when they hear that word, that you would do greater works, they think if you raise people from the dead... Is he saying that we're going to go around raising people from the dead? Well, God can do that too. But I believe it has to do with the impact of the gospel, the impact of the word of God being brought to new destinations and people who once lived in the darkness being brought to the light. You know, if you read the book of Acts, which I love, I love, I love, I love the book of Acts, I guess I get challenged, challenged over and over again. I reread it just to get my spirit excited about what the possibilities of what God can do in Lincoln, Nebraska in 2019. Because these are people who lived in a simple life, a much less complex life than we live, but yet they impacted their world in magnificent ways because of what they did, because they chose to advance. You and I sit here today in 2019, lifting up holy hands, lifting up the name of Jesus, clapping. People of all backgrounds coming together. Why? We've met this Jesus because these guys chose to advance. Yes. He says that you shall receive power, Acts 1, uh, 18, uh, verse 8. Jesus tells his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and, and in advancing, they chose to take Jesus' words. And I read just a little portion of, of what was happening in Acts chapter 2. Just to, for, for, for starters, Acts chapter 2 begins with the introduction of the, what they call the day of Pentecost. is when the Holy Spirit was poured out to the church, to the believers. And, and in that same day, God was able to do miraculous work of saving people. You see, the book of Acts, if you read it, you will think it's just the, uh, maybe Paul and Peter are the stars of the book. You know, Peter is the star for the first nine chapters, and Paul is the star from chapter 9 going on to, to, to chapter 29. But if you read it keenly, you will realize that actually the main theme of the book of Acts is the Word of God. You start seeing different packets from the beginning, and the Word, after Peter spoke... After he spoke, they were convicted. 
And they ask, what shall we do? And he says, repent, be baptized. be." Re-. And, he, and you go on and on. Whenever the word of God came, people's lives were transformed. People's lives, villages were being transformed. Cities were being transformed. And the word was spreading and spreading and spreading. And these guys, in a very, very short amount of time, were able to impact the world with limited resources, limited modes of communication. I mean, they could not even imagine that we can communicate the way we do these days. And may I say, they didn't even have the whole Bible. They only had the Old Testament to go with. Many of these people had not traveled much past 30 miles beyond where they were born. That was the sphere of their understanding of the globe. When I thought of the ends of the earth, they literally thought the ends of the earth. But yet they took the message of the gospel and impacted generations. 2,000 years later, that word's still spreading. And I'm thinking, God, what can I do for you? What do I need to do to advance? And here's what, so the first message I'm going to speak to you today, or continue to today, is that in order for us to advance forward, we need to come back to our own lives, and we need to make a determination that we're going to advance in Jesus. I mean, you can advance in career, you can advance in business, you can advance in all these things, and they are all good. And I do believe God will use you and bless you, and because we are blessed to be a blessing, but first and foremost, we have to advance in Jesus. We need to dedicate 2019, be a year where I, you, the rest of us, we advance in Jesus. And I, when I investigate these people in, to, uh, in the book of Acts, and I look at my own life, and different ones that have influenced my, my walk with Christ since I came to him as a young person in Nairobi, Kenya, there are four things, simple things, that we must make sure that we have in place in our lives if we're going to advance in Jesus in a balanced way. I got this tool right here. It's, it's cool, right? Actually, it's wobbly a little bit. <laughs> and, 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 and I want to talk about these four corners because I'm a big guy. I'm not a small guy. You know that. So I know it's not the right thing to say about somebody, but you can say it about yourself, right? Well, I'm a big kid. And this tiny little wooden stool can hold me up. But if I was to take one leg off, how many know if I'm skilled enough, I might still be able to stand on it. You might still be able to hold me but it will be a little bit more wobbly than it is right now. If I took two off, now it takes a little bit more intentionality to stay in balance, right? If I took three off, you have to... I know some kids are thinking, I would like to try to sit. <laughs> Actually, I wish I could have been able to take it off. But how many know that the four pillars, the four 
wood is what's making me balance and being able to sit on those tiny little pieces of wood and be okay. And you're not worried that I'm going to fall and break my bones, right? There are certain simple things that I've found that if any believer, in spite of where you are, whether you are a veteran, you've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you preach the gospel around the world, generation after generation, or whether you just made a commitment this year that you're going to follow Jesus. These four pillars is what helps us advance in Jesus in spite of where we are. They're so profound that only the smartest among us will be able to comprehend it. Not, not, not. Here's what I found about God. He doesn't put things that are too far beyond reach where none of us can. Have you ever gone to a grocery store with little kids? Yes. <laughs> and all the parents say, Amen. You're just going down for get milk and eggs, right? And somehow they strategically place all the little candy and the tiny little toys that you don't need or want in your house at their site where they can reach them. You show up, you're checking out, and it's like, yep, what was that? How many know what I'm talking about? Everything that God does, he puts it at the little kids' level. That the least among us can reach it. There are those who think that somehow, some way, to look at faith in a simplistic sense is for the weak. That faith is a cop-out because you don't want to face the reality. It's a lie. The one who created all things is so smart. And he knows that if he made things very complicated, it would be unattainable to some. And God is not like that. And I have found that sometimes the more you know, the harder it is to go down to the simple. And sometimes simple is harder. Complex, oh, we got that. We've been prepared for that. But simplicity, we have to be intentional. To live a simple life, you have to be intentional. To manage your finances in a simple way, you have to be intentional. But it's the simple things that make us. The foundation is simple. To advance in Jesus... First of all, we need to be people who talk to God. We need to be people who pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to advance in your life in 2013, 19, and see what God's doing, allow God to work in your life. You need to get prayer out of a theory level and begin to become a believer who actually prays. It's not how long, how wide, how beautiful you can put your words together, how many scriptures you could quote while you pray. It's just the simple believer who talks to their God. I, 
There are some things in our lives that we don't need to learn how to take it to the Lord in prayer. Everything in our lives. See, sometimes we look at prayer as something that we go out and we go to God when we actually need something. But God created prayer, gave us the avenue for prayer, not so much just for our needs, but it's actually for relationship. He gave us an avenue to be able to talk to him. That's why you have different forms of prayer. Conversation prayers, intercessory prayers. And sometimes it's even a spiritual warfare. And I want to tell you that that works out in real life. When you think about just human communication, well, there are sometimes you just have nice little conversations. Right? But there are sometimes people tell you something, uh, you're not going to let them get away with it. Oh, oh, but we are nice Christians. We don't. No, 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 no. Sometimes some things just need to be said. Stop it. Some things need to be. So, so that we, we do have warfare even with people. And so uh, we engage in spiritual warfare and prayer by recognizing that there is a force that wants to destroy us. We talk back at the Word of God. And, and this is why we talk back against the enemy, against Satan. Yeah. Jesus did this. Satan wanted us to take his life. He talked back to him. He says, forget it. He says, oh, well, if you're so good and uh, you have God in your life, why don't you take the stones and turn it into bread after he's been fasting for 40 days? And, and, and he will help you. He says, God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeds out of the mouths of God. He goes, well, 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 you know, it says that you could jump over the cliff and, and God will help you and catch you and all that says, hey, you shall not test. So he's having these conversations and there are things we have in our day and Satan is confronting our minds and we need to talk back to him and speak the word of God. I might not be feeling well right now, but I believe in the promise of healing. This is what I read from the doctors and it's scary, but I know that God is able. With him, nothing is impossible. My finances might be at the worst I've ever seen in my life, but I know that the Lord is my provider. He's able to change one thing, one moment, he can change things. If I commit my life to him, I know that he is, he will take care of me. That the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. just making it a part of our lives. But there are times of prayer that we have to be in. What I've noticed is that we not just prayer, with all the simple things, we have to be intentional. That's why we have prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. We have prayer and fasting at the beginning of every, at every quarter. Uh, tomorrow night, the next three nights, we're going to get together here on, uh, for an hour of just worship and prayer. And these are times where you can really dedicate your year to the Lord. You can come and have focused time, an intentional time of prayer. Amen. And the fasting part, I've talked to people saying, Pastor Saul, I've never really fasted in my life. I don't even know what it's all about. Some people do, because I believe it's for everyone. Really, fasting is 
is about dying the natural cravings, denying yourself of natural cravings in order to pursue spiritual things. Because in our lives, we have so many distractions. I mean, one of the newest distractions, some of them come about three inches, three by six. Some of them come about uh, two by six. Some of them come about just as big as my Bible. And they follow us all the time. Some of you caught on what I'm talking about. I was reading a book recently that talked about how the usage of cell phone. And I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, I'm guilty. Just as the guy's research. But he says how much it's affecting our focus. How much is distracting from real relationships. And sometimes even just social media gives you a taste of relationship, but it's not real. we compare sometimes our lives to others and, uh, and we compare like their, their best 10 seconds of the week to our worst week ever. And we feel miserable. And that's why we have to be intentional for these moments where we come in and say, okay, fasting what it does is removing distractions and denying natural things that we become even dependent on. In the Bible, it deals with food. I mean, you, you could fast, you could just go all out and do liquids only when you're fasting. Uh, or you could, you could go in and decide, I'm cutting sweets. I'm cutting meat. I'm cutting social media, or a combination of it all. But the key component is taking some focused time of prayer and denying the cravings, of the natural cravings, in order to make ourselves more spiritual sensitive. See, so fasting doesn't move God. Nothing changes God. God is God and he changes not. But what it does, it does help us because we are now determined to be more focused and so we can hear more clearly. So it's really not for God. We're not fasting to find favor with God or to somehow win his love for us. That's a done deal, people. But it's what we do is we do it to help us from our own distraction so that we can be more in tune to hear him. I believe, I have found some of the times that our God has uh, had made most significant uh, impression on my life or direction is times that I've paused to fast. We do it corporately. And sometimes when I'm feeling like I'm spiritually dry, I'll designate a time just to fast and hear God. If I'm needing a change of direction or, uh, or maybe even a career change or... or, or Take a day of fasting. Take a couple of days of fasting. Take a week of fasting. Just so I'm removing distractions so I can hear him. So I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted before, start in 2019. Let it be your year to advance to new levels in Christ. Pick something. Maybe fast the news. It's going to be there when you come back, and I guarantee you'll be 99% negative when you come back. Sometimes we become dependent on certain voices that speak into our lives. And fasting can incorporate. I'm shutting it down. If the wall falls apart without my knowledge, okay, it fell apart. Because the truth is, you can't do anything about it anyway. <laughs> Be free, friends. 
social media. I'm not saying you should or should not, but I'm giving you ideas of things that you can cut out of your life to have a focused time of prayer and getting that one still more stable. Second one I'm going to do fast is the word. We've got to be a word people, learning how to listen to God. He speaks to us first and foremost through his word, the Bible, the written word. But if I'm combining prayer and the word, then it allows the Holy Spirit to start speaking to me an inspired word. And what I mean is that sometimes you'll be reading a scripture that you've read before, and it feels like the words jump out of, of the book, and they speak to your current situation because this word is a living word. It's not just historic text, but God's word can come alive that you can hold on to. Maybe he has a word for you, for your life, for your direction. This year you can find it in here. And by his spirit, he wants us to have that conversation. It's not just one way where we talk to God. How many have ever been in a relationship where one person talks all the time? Well, I know some talk are more gifted with the gift of garbing. But some are better listeners. But you know what? It's not communication. It has to go. It's a two-way street. Listening and speaking. We talk to God. We must also listen to God. And when we learn to talk to him and listen to him, guess what? The more we walk in that situation, our relationship with God begins to grow. You find yourself in a place where you start identifying God's voice. Because there's so many voices in our lives all the time, but a spiritually sensitive person can distinguish the voice of the Lord among all the other voices that want to influence our lives day and night. Jesus said this, that my sheep know my voice. They understand my voice. In the Bible, there's a young man called Samuel, whose mother had dedicated him to the Lord. She, she, he was a miracle baby, and she had said, God, you know, when, if you give me a baby, if I'm able to get pregnant, I'm going to dedicate this child to you. And, and she would get the baby, and uh, Samuel would end up being brought up in the house of the Lord. As, he, as he, 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 he was brought up in the house of the Lord, the prophet that was that Samuel was under his care, I believe that he would speak to him and teach him. And Samuel, one time he's sleeping, he hears his name being called. Comes back to the prophet and says, did you call me, sir? He says, no, I didn't. I didn't. Go back and sleep, son. He comes back again, he hears the voice, Samuel. And at the third time, prophet tells Samuel, hey, Next time you hear that voice, you say, here I am. Your servant is listening. Speak to me. Your servant is listening. Because the prophet recognized that God was speaking to Samuel as a little child. And you know what the story teaches us is this, is that we can grow in our understanding of God's voice in our lives. See, God was speaking to him, but he didn't recognize it. But as he went on, and you know, if you read about Samuel, he was one of the most prolific prophets of the Old Testament. I mean, this guy was so on. You didn't want to face him if you have any dark stuff in your life, because he'll tell you, ah, 
He could see through anything. But he grew and developed. I remember when I was a young man, well, I'm still a young man, take that back. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was a teenager, yeah, and, and we were going to this, um, when I first came to the Lord, I mean, the Lord has really, had really transformed my life. And I said 17, 18 was a key year, so key times for my life. I mean, I'd read the Bible through several times, just spending time with God, and God was doing something in my life. And we, I was involved in this church, and we were, and, and one, on Sunday, we were worshiping God in, in the congregation, and, and God I didn't know God was speaking to me, but I heard this word in my heart that was for the church. And I'm standing there, I'm thinking, God, am I just making up things in my own head? And uh, I wanted to talk to one of my pastors. Do you know what I feel like? And I, standing there, talked to myself out of going in and talking to my pastor. says, you know, I feel this word is for the church. I'm thinking, no way. I'm an 18-year-old kid. I stood there wrestling with these words and this thing that I'm feeling pressing. And um, five, about five minutes later, as I'm questioning myself and all that, some lady stood up there and starts prophesying the same exact word for the congregation. And you know, in a moment like that, you realize, oh, God was talking to me, but I just didn't quite know. That that's God's voice. Because there's always something talking to you, right? And it happened twice. Then I knew. And I started identifying that distinct voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you this. That all of you, God speaks to you. And through Prayer and the word, and we, when we're devoted to that, the, his voice becomes clear. And he'll teach you. Like for me, he used that experience to start teaching me how to recognize his voice. Let me, let me give you an illustration. Have you ever been faced with something where it's a decision point? One is bad. Once, one move is bad, and you know it. Another good is what the right move should be, or something you want to say or do. And you're vacillating with yourself, and one voice is saying, that's just do it, it's going to be all right. And the other one says, oh, 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 have you counted the cost? Da, 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 da. Am I living in a foreign world, or we all recognize this? Yeah. See, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin. How many have ever dodged sin because the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Yes. How many lectures? When you know your own natural inclination will be to take the wrong move. But God stops you in your guts and says, hey, 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 snatches you out of making the bad move that will destroy your life. How many have been in that experience? Guess who was talking you out of that? The Lord. He speaks to us. Now, he doesn't force us to make the move or not, but he's always nudging us to make the right one. And so when we choose his way, we get life. When we choose the other way, we deal with consequences. So every believer has the Spirit of God in them. 
What we do need to do, and I want to say, if you want to advance in Jesus in 2019, is start developing so that that voice becomes more and more clear that it shows up in even greater things. So we're able to trust him and recognizing that voice. And the more we sharpen our spiritual self, the more that voice becomes more clear. And you know God can talk to you about the next job to take. He can stop you from accepting a job that seems to offer everything. He is faithful, not just with the great things. He's also faithful with the little things. We got two. And I'm going to... Did I say I'll do that one quickly? (laughs) And the third one is connect. Let me read the verses I read this morning again. It says, all the believers devoted themselves in the apostles' teaching. That's the word. And in fellowship, that's the connect. To sharing of meals, it's part of the connection, and to prayer. So we got three there. The other one is connection. We were meant to walk together. It's not a long-range kind of thing. These believers valued coming together. And I found in our, the challenges of our time that we live in is that these things don't come naturally. We have to be intentional. Intentionally surrounding ourselves with other believers. Intentionally becoming that believer that's supportive of others. You know, sometimes we have to look at it both ways. Where... If I get connected, like with a church or a small group, it benefits me. But sometimes we look at it and think, oh, well, I have no need for that. Or sometimes we look at it as like, we're not intentional, so we just kind of like, yeah, when I get time, I'll do it. So it becomes just something that we happen to do when by chance it so happened that I have five free hours on Tuesday night. How many know five free hours don't come easy? We have to contend for these things if you want to grow. And the point I'm using with these four things is that those things, if if you want to grow in balance, you need prayer, you need the word, you need fellowship. Now we're starting a small group uh, a new small group series in um, the winter, uh, spring semester starts in Someone help me out. February 17th, the week of February 17th, you can mark that down. Today, you can actually go on the website if you would like to lead any kind of group. Just getting, it's about connection and getting together. What I like about this verse that we read, not only were they devoted to the word and in prayer, but it says he puts a thing like they, they got together to eat. To just have a good time. How many like a good meal? It's saying that just coming together, it's not just always about prayer or serious things. Coming together sometimes is just about relating. And that's what groups are about. You, there are things that you do. I want you to think about it in 2019, because many of you can actually start a group and be a part of, uh, of a group or leading a group. It could be a study focus group. Like, man, we, we just want to learn about how to get our marriage right. We want to just strengthen and uh, enhance our marriage and want to get with other couples that want to build on their marriage and just get 
It could be about, man, we, you know, this year I want to do my finances right. I want to get every. It could be something focused like that. And it could be stuff that you already do anyway. You go three times a week anyway, and your wife always tells you, cut it down to one, cut it down to two. It could be just getting with guys that already golf. How many know that that connection can bring people to the kingdom? I think that's why these guys had an impact, because they went back to their neighbors and did the things that they normally do. They just introduced Jesus to them. I'm all saying all that because I know you should be praying about maybe not just being a part of a group, maybe leading a group. And I know on the website already it's open. If you'd like to, maybe you're not thinking about leading a group, you could go into the site and, and register like, hey, I'd like to, uh, to maybe start a group this semester for this winter, uh, with the spring one as, as it starts. But that's a part of moving forward. I, the first message today is about advancing in Jesus. Those pillars have to be in place in our lives. We need to make them a priority in our life. And the last one is about sharing, which I already touched, because our faith is not to be kept alone for ourselves. I mean, I thank God every single day for people that relentlessly prayed for me. People that invited me even when I thought they were crazy. Because I know when I look back with knowing what I know today, I know I came to Christ because someone was praying for me. There's an old guy that used to reach, to my par- reach out to my parents. It's called Mr. Masaku. He'd come. I didn't understand all this, but he would come to our house all the time, talk to my dad, talk to my mom, and, uh, and, and he would pray for us. And he would prophesy things. I didn't get it. Trust me, I was a kid. I didn't get it. I didn't put the connection. The more I found, I started walking with Jesus later, I go back and realize, man, this guy really had a burden for my family. And he was praying for us for years. And I knew years later, I would come to, to know Jesus and realize people like that are the reason why I'm saved. People like that are the reason why I'm here right now. They didn't see, he didn't even see his prayers answered. But he just did what God was asking him to do. On Wednesday nights, when we come to this prayer on fasting moments, I've challenged people so many times to write names of people. Have people in your mind that you're praying for, because unless you put them down, you go through life and forget it. Pray for people to be saved. And I know there's a couple that I've been praying for for six years. They've been on my list for six years. And you know what? This year, one of them came to the Lord. When I met these people, they was like so different. I mean, their lives were different from mine completely. But somehow, some way, there was a pray for them. And they got made it to my list. I know if I don't have that list in my pocket, and every time I go like to prayer, I will forget. Guess what? I have so many things in my life. I don't even have to have a plan. My life is already planned for me. There's so much. We all get 24-7. You have to be intentional. To move forward, advancing Jesus, those things. Being a richer, being, being, be a bringer, get a person, be someone that's not just looking inward. I know you got some New Year resolution on how you're going to get yourself strong and better and, uh, and healthier and um, more rich. <laughs> but I tell you, when you invest in just advancing in Jesus, 
There's a way that God has of bringing things into play in your life, bringing all the different pieces, all the diff- and, and, and realigning your life to the best you possible because you will never be able to outgive him. You invest in knowing him, hearing his voice, uh, speaking to him, hearing his voice, and uh, getting connected with, with the right kinds of people in your life because sometimes when you surround yourself with the wrong people, you get bad advice and uh, in, in really important things. You don't know you're listening to those voices, but you've opened up yourself to wrong voices. And Psalm 1, chapter 1 says this, The blessed is the man who does not receive counsel from the ungodly. But the ungodly are speaking to us all the time, sometimes even without our invitation. They're making us, they're shaping sometimes uh, fundamental things in our lives through media and social media and advertisement. The voices are so many. And if we're not sober and look it in the eye and become intentional in advancing with Jesus, we don't know that we've been shaped. I want to reverse that and be shaped by what God says about me. Not what society says about me. Not what people think I am. Not the stereotypical approach. You know, people look at you and they just think something about you. Do you know society has a definition of who you are? And many times if we're not serious about advancing with Jesus, we start believing those things and it hinders us, hinders us, it keeps us chained to the past or the definition of the culture. But God is saying good things about you. He says, I know the plans that I have concerning you, the plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. I saved you to clean you out, to make a future for you. You might have come from this situation or that situation, but your past does not define you. Your past does not define you because you are a child of God. You are beautiful, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are who you are, placed in the time that you are because of the most high God. And he wants to do, do good to you and good, good in your life. I'm declaring that 2019 is a year to advance, advance in Jesus, advance in everything that he's assigned me to do. And I can be all things that he, have de- he has declared that I would be because I, I trust in him. Let this be a different year. And the first thing is that we got to put him first. We're going to advance in Jesus. You'll hear more messages about advance, but we have to talk about the fast things and the simple things that keeps it all in balance. Because when we lose that balance, I don't care how successful you are in one area, it's going to be disproportionate. And God is a God of balance. He wants all things. He's, he wants you to be a well-rounded, blessed guy, a well-rounded, blessed girl, a well-rounded, blessed family. He, God is all. That's what he wants for yours and my life. Amen.